Welcome to Story Girls, a fortnightly podcast about books with a dash of absurdity. I'm Alicia. And I'm Lindsay. And this is our third mini-sode. So welcome. Yes, our third castle mini-sode. And final. And final. This is it. This is it for castles. Yeah. And this one is It has nothing our... to do with castles. So no. It's really it far, far removed from It castles. doesn't at all. This is our Nod to Maud mm-hmm. uh, episode. Uh, so it's um, devoted to Lucy Maud Montgomery mm-hmm. and also to a um, book festival that mm-hmm. we went to. So we traveled mm-hmm. a little bit, a little ways. A wee bit. A wee bit. I wish we had like a, a traveling sound. I don't know what that would be. Whoosh. <laughs> And we went to Uxbridge mm-hmm. for the Book Drunkard Festival. Yeah, the Book Drunkard Literary Festival. It was its first year mm-hmm. in Uxbridge, Ontario, um, put on by Blue Heron Books, a little indie bookshop in Uxbridge. And it was really awesome. They had lots of ton events. and um, It was really great. We happened mm-hmm. to also go on a day. It was in the <laughs> fall. Mm-hmm. And we happened to go on a day where they were also having a Harry Potter like train festival. Yeah, so, not the bookstore or the book festival, but no, it was like the in, town. An independent, yeah. The, the Independently, town. there was Seven. a separate Harry Potter festival, which we were shocked that we did not know about, but it was delightful <laughs> to just see tons of witches and wizards. like wizards running around. It was very magical. It was very magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I just feel compelled to, to say, make some sort of comment about the fact that of our four books mm. that comprised our first season, Two of our three minisodes are on the same, are linked to the same book. They so are. Apologies to I Capture the Castle and We've Always Lived in the Castle. You're not getting minisodes. The Blue Castle's getting two. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, so this festival, it, um, we went to the bookshop, we bought a few books, mm-hmm. and we got some really good coffees and some mm-hmm. vegan food at mm-hmm. the cafe next door. And then we went to a church. Not just any church, the Leesktail Church, which was actually the home of Ella Montgomery and her husband, who was the minister there for many years, mm-hmm. the Reverend Ewan McDonald. I almost said Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was not married to Ewan McGregor. She was married yeah. to Ewan McDonald. That's different. He's a different <laughs> person. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. Too bad. I do like Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And... Um, it was quite cute. Like we mm-hmm. arrived and we went in through the bottom of the church into yep. what like often is like Sunday school underneath or like mm-hmm. community events, like a community room. Yep. And they had representation from the bookshops. They also mm-hmm. had free beer. Mm-hmm. They made a special beer for the event, a raspberry cordial beer. Yes, they yes, did. And it was and delicious. So good. And del- there was raspberry cordial chocolate. There was, was which they also made specially in a small batch Mm -hmm. because apparently Oxbridge has a small batch chocolate maker. Yeah. It was impressive. And then we went upstairs into the church and we sat in uncomfortable pews, at Mm -hmm. least uncomfortable for me. Well, all pews are uncomfortable. That's, I think they're designed that way. I know, but it was for this unfortunate because it was Mm -hmm. just like shifting the whole time. Mm -hmm. Anyways, and uh, the main reason we were there. Mm Mm-hmm was to hear um, the introductory talk by Kate McDonald, who is Lucy Bob Montgomery's granddaughter, mm-hmm. which is very, very, very exciting. <laughs> it was very exciting. The talk was also about Lucy Bob Montgomery, was she a feminist or not? Mm-hmm. So that was very exciting. Yeah. We must say that um, the majority of this crowd was uh, 
what many people refer to as the blue-haired kind of crowd. <laughs> yeah, a shocking amount of old men. <laughs> and the Me Too movement was mentioned uh, so much. And there was this one particular old man. I, I wish you could see my impersonation of his face. Uh, he was looking quite confused slash appalled. <laughs> it was epic. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, and we should say that this is... A, so, Uxbridge is a small town. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, Leakesdale is even more of a small town. Mm-hmm. And so, we had lots of delightful old people who were mm-hmm. like, do I know you? And we're like, no, you don't know us. They're like, maybe I do. Maybe I do know you. And we're like, I don't think you do. Yeah, just always having to tell these old people, yeah. no, no. And actually, we were grabbed by some sort of volunteer when we got to the, into the church. We had to go up mm-hmm. very narrow short steps to get into the church and uh, we were grabbed by some kind of volunteer who really knew her business well i think that she um is part of the organization that actually holds the ownership of the church yeah so they saved the church as a historical like monument because of lucy mon montgomery Mm -hmm. and so anyone can go and visit it it has like opening hours and you can go and take Mm -hmm. tours and that kind of thing i said they talked about when lucy montgomery uh mon montgomery i should say uh, first met the congregation, she mm-hmm. wore her wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And we also got to see a painting of said wedding dress. A contemporary a painting. contemporary painting, which actually was quite stunning. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we I think we posted a picture long ago in our stories mm-hmm. of it when we attended the event. Mm-hmm. And um, did she say anything more? She did. She was the one who told us that um, one of the struggles that Maud had in during that time was that she had her children relatively late in life, especially for the time period. She was in her Mm -hmm, forties when she gave birth to her two sons and most of the women, her age, their sons had gone to fight in the war, world war one. And she found that really difficult. Um, and I think found it, they found it hard, like relating to one another, the women in that community with her because she had these little small little children and their sons were grown up and, and had gone and off to war and they were scared and there she was with her children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that would be a very difficult situation. Yeah. And I actually, um, had never really registered Uh, to be honest. I have not read all of her journals. You can, they're all published, but Mm -hmm. I have only read the earlier years. So I don't think I knew that she was in her forties when she had her children. Yeah. I think we did the math and I think maybe starting at 37, but then there was a gap between the two mm-hmm. that we were like, oh, she must have been in her 40s, which for the time period is unusual. Unusual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting. That was interesting. We also got to show the pew where she sat in all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it the back? <laughs> it would be. I mean, you want to be able to think about other things when you probably heard the sermon a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although maybe not. Maybe she didn't listen to her husband's sermons because he never read her any of her books. Yeah. He did something the greatest. And to mm-hmm. go back to Kate McDonald, mm-hmm. she also did not paint her grandfather with, no. the, with the nicest breaststrokes. <laughs> no, she didn't. And she actually never knew them. No. Um, but she was really interesting to, to listen to. And um, she talked about some really fascinating things about Ellen Montgomery that um in terms of the feminist lens of like looking at her Mm -hmm. um and was she a feminist or not some of the so what were some of the highlights that she touched on well she touched on um 
that yes, she was married. Yes, she always like deferred to her husband in public. She mm-hmm. was very uh, devoted to making sure that her husband wasn't just seen as. I don't know, like her sidekick, that mm-hmm. he was like the man of the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet she also provided, like she actually, she was financially successful. Mm-hmm. And so she actually provided a lot of financial help to a lot of her family members, mm-hmm. especially the younger women in her mm-hmm. family, where she gave them loans for property or for going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was so amazing. It's so amazing. Yeah. And uh, I think she was once asked about women getting the vote in Canada. Well, she wrote a lot in her journals about how excited she was to be able to vote. Mm -hmm. Because that happened in her lifetime. Yeah. And yeah, when she was asked about it, about um, women's equality. Like publicly. She replied, I prefer to maintain my superiority. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I so think good. that Kate McDonald just touched on what we also talked a little bit in the Blue Castle, you know, the time period. There mm-hmm. was just some things that a woman just to be not outcast in society mm-hmm. had to do. And so she fulfilled all those functions. She yeah. propped her husband up. Like, she did all the cooking. She did, she did all, all the, the yeah, hostessing. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, because otherwise you were seen as less of, mm-hmm. less of a woman. And And your husband will be seen as less of a man. Less of a man, yeah. Yeah. So she did all these things. By all accounts, her husband doesn't come off that great in her journals. No, he struggled with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They were not a very good fit. Mm -hmm. What what was that face? Well, I just remembered that Kate McDonald like maintains that, or she she believes that Lucy Maud Montgomery took her own life, Mm -hmm. and I just remembered that. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just it was it was impactful coming from the granddaughter being mm-hmm. like, "Oh, yeah, there was a note." Yeah. Yeah, that's this is pretty a pretty definitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Yeah. She had, she was also dealing with mental health. She was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both yeah. they both were and um she struggled a lot with her husband um over the years with trying to maintain the appearance that everything was fine mm. when everything was not fine and he was not putting any effort to keep up appearances so she was really mm. doing all of that work um so yeah it was um interesting because she while she didn't necessarily um perform her feminism in her own life that much. She really, um, I feel like she really supported and enabled other women. So the women in her family that she would financially help, but also like all of the girls and women who read her heroines and she, they were such an inspiration and like, yeah, she was performing her feminism in that way. Mm -hmm. Indeed. um, Kate talked about those things and she, Named a few of the her really strong characters mm-hmm. and settled the debate. Settled the name <laughs> debate. Not that it was that much of a debate because I've been saying it how you want me to say <laughs> it for forever. Oh, sorry, sorry. Do you mean the correct way? <laughs> anyway, she also said Valency. Yes, she did. Yeah. Uh, and she name checked Valency. She name checked Anne. She name checked Pat. Was it Pat or was it Emily? I can't remember. I think she name-checked four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pat and Emily. Yeah, mm. as strong female characters mm-hmm. that um, Lucy Maud Montgomery had given to the world mm-hmm. and given to, like, Canadian girls and women mm-hmm. to read about and be inspired by. So yeah. that in itself is a huge feminist act. For sure, yeah. 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 
And then after the talks, mm -hmm. there was also a talk with, um, there was some readings from some other authors, um, and then there was a little cocktail party in the community room. They put out quite the spread. Mm -hmm. It was delightful for me. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly, a small rural community in, outside of Uxbridge, Ontario, didn't have a lot of vegan options. But I definitely had some beer. Yeah, the beer was good. So that was we also, good. Did we try the chocolate? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, and then uh, uh, when when you saw your opportunity, you well, first, sidled up. First I chickened <laughs> out, and then you created another opportunity. I created a hole <laughs> for you to get next to Kate McDonald, who was delightful. Yeah, she was so friendly, and yeah. we had a big big chat with her. Big chat. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she told us some things we can't repeat on this She on told this us podcast. some secrets, in, a, in a, her words, a cone of silence. That was delightful. Yeah greatest moment <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so yeah. that was uh that was our experience of nod to mod and so mm -hmm. with kate at our in our own private chat afterwards the three of us agreed that definitively yes she was a feminist oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and so we're going to do our own nod to mod now mm -hmm. um when we, there was the artist chat, and so it was four artists with their novels, and they all did readings of their novels, and mm -hmm. then they were asked questions, and at some point, the moderator would be like, ooh, so this is kind of like what Lucy Montgomery did in this book, and then yeah. they would just, like, nod to Every, mod. Everyone would nod. But mostly, it was not about Lucy Montgomery at no, all. No, it was a bit of a tenuous link. It was a tenuous link, yeah. So our nod to mod is much more direct, because we're just going to ask each other questions about her books. Yay! <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it off and ask you. Okay. So of all of the names of houses, because she's got a lot of good house names and a lot of them are in the titles of the books, which one is your favorite? I would have to say New Moon. Because New Moon. it's just such a good name. It has such promise. It just... And, the, and also, like, the braggy but, like, proud way that they speak of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, I love the name of New Moon. It's yeah. good. As yeah. you know, I want to name my own house, as do you. Mm. And uh, It's hard. It's very hard because it feels um, a bit uh, contrived and a bit mm -hmm. um, braggy to be like, oh, I just bought this house and I'm moving into it. And it now shall henceforth be no house. <laughs> well, some of them are more pretentious than others, like house names. I feel like none of hers are... are Hers are definitely more nature-based. She's got a lot of really good... She was really good at coming up with house names. She was really good at coming up with house names, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what was yours? I think my favorite house name is probably Lantern Hill. Mm. I love that name. Also a good name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Which one of the houses would you want to live in? Well, for me... I am also going to go with Lantern Hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just is described so, so it's small, it's charming, it's cozy, and like it's situated in such a way that it has like, they say it's like at the apex of a triangle that has like the gulf on one side and like the, sh you know, the bay on the other. Mm. And then there's like a, a woods and it's on a hill, obviously. Um, and I think it's something about, I mean, they all have moments, especially Anne as well, when she comes to Green Gables, it's the first home she's ever had of like, but 
I feel like more than the other ones in Jane of Lantern Hill, it's so much of a homecoming for mm. Jane to finally have this place where she feels like she can be herself that it really infuses the the descriptions of it. And right. I've always, always wanted to live in Lantern Hill. Oh. Yeah. Which one of the houses would you choose? Well, I go to New Moon as well because mm. I love the description of Emily's room and her mm-hmm. own little fireplace. And I like the descriptions of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, no clean. They keep everything. Candles only. Though. Candles only. But mm. I, I have, yeah, I do like candles only. Do you? Like when the power goes out though? I don't mind it. I no. mean, it would, dip- if I was living in that, like in this day and age, yeah, mm-hmm. like, no. You'd be like, my internet's down. <laughs> my internet's <laughs> down. You'd be like, candles only. Put your phone away. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have to say that just from like atmosphere, I've always really liked um, in the Anne books, I liked her university house mm-hmm. quite a lot. Patty's Place. Patty's Place. And I also liked the House of Windy Poplars mm-hmm. where she lived with like the two funny old women and mm-hmm. their servant who like yeah. they both like were manipulating each other yeah. and it was so delightful I, yeah. I don't think I would want to live in that like long term but I would like that experience like yeah. uh, this I mean Lucy Mod just has such a way of describing homes not mm-hmm. houses like mm-hmm. just yeah like yeah. such atmospheric like yeah. specificity and I do love that yeah so good. yeah That's part of one of the charms of her book like you really just feel like mm-hmm. yeah yeah All right, I'm going to move on to the next question, which is very exciting. Which character would you want to have a romance with? Ooh. Well, it was funny because I was like, why are we talking about this again? And I was like, oh, at the Blue Castle. Oh, Barney's name. (laughs) A Barney. (laughs) A Barney. It's interesting because... I love a lot of what Barney does. I love that he lives in the island, that mm-hmm. he just like spends his days like going through the forest mm-hmm. and like swimming and mm-hmm. like he's an introvert's dream. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. that Barney as a person isn't as compelling as Barney is of an action, like in his actions. Yeah. Like some of his things are problematic with his kind of like ownership over balance or not. Like his possessiveness, yeah, ownership, yeah, Yeah. and um, so you know what I love about Barney? His rugged good looks. (laughs) Really into that triangle. eh? I'm really into that uh, mismatched eyebrow look. I can't tell if he's good looking or not. It's unclear. Well, she thinks he's good looking. She thinks he's good looking. That's all that matters. Um, Yeah, so I do. I do love the Barney. but or I like Barney's wouldn't... Barney's dating, like his his <laughs> idea of a date is a great time to me. Okay, like going out in the forest in his overalls. I don't mind. Didn't he take her like for Chinese food in a movie? <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, I think he did. But he also took her to like that ball thing where they just danced oh, the, the night away and then ball, la- yeah. left and was like, "That was a great time. We'll never do that again." And yeah. I was like, "Excellent." Yeah, yeah, that's no, not that's, so good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and that he buys her, like, fancy dresses that she's just supposed to wear around the house. Mm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. But there is the problematic, like, possessive kind of things. And so yeah. then I was thinking about, you know, the other ones in Anne. And mm-hmm. as you pointed out... Mm-hmm. Gilbert. Is a good choice. He's a really good choice. And I was surprised to find myself coming to Gilbert when I contemplated this question. Well, I think Gilbert has maybe been a little overdone in our mm-hmm. collective consciousness, like That's Gilbert true. Blythe. Like, <laughs> and Gilbert is actually like a really great guy. Mm-hmm. He is like, 
you know, he grows as a person. He supports Anne. He supports Anne even when she's not aware that he's mm-hmm. supporting her. He does it, that, that doesn't do it for, you know, for any return. Mm-hmm. And he's got like his values and his morals, which are apparent later on as an adult when they have little, you know, disagreements or whatever. He's very like strong in what he believes in. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's got a good sense of humor. He's smart, top of his class. Like they were always warring for who was the top. Mm-hmm. Of their class. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. The other one who would be in a contender, I think, would be Teddy Kent. Um, but he's a little too moody for me. He's a little bit too mm. uncommunicative and grudge-holding. Who's Rilla's person? Oh. Um, he is Ken Ford. Oh. Yeah. You don't really get to know him. No. 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 I just remember that I feel like Rilla spends a whole book having to grow up to mm-hmm. be able to like have mm-hmm. like a serious romantic yep. affection. But yeah, I don't, I was like, who was it? Yeah. Yeah. No, cause she's not memorable. She had a crush on him. He was, yeah, I think he, so Leslie was the neighbor with their super long, beautiful hair who was married to the man with brain damage and then found out she wasn't. <laughs> cause she fell in love with the writer. It was, his name was Owen Ford. Okay. The writer who came and he was writing Captain Jim's memoirs. Oh. And then eventually they got married and then they had two girl, two kids, Ken oh, and Persis. Because the brain damage turned out not to actually be her husband. Spoilers, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like these books have been around for a long time. Yeah, it's your own fault. I forgot. Anyway, we got a little off, tra- off track there. I think we both agree with Gilbert. I think the other... Yeah, I agree with Gilbert. I just, I would like to date Barney because I, I like those dates. So you want to have a romance with Barney? I do. I okay. do want to have a romance You with have Barney. a romance with Barney. I like to speed around in cars too. Okay. Well, I'll have a romance with Gilbert. And a man that can cut my hair well. Oh. Ooh, la, la. Okay. Well, I might have to pop by for a haircut, but I'm going to romance with Gilbert. Don't you dare get a shingle. <laughs> <laughs> Only I. <laughs> All right. All right. Next question. Next question. Uh, your favorite series? My favorite series is Emily. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really loved uh, the Anne books. I just found at a certain point, Anne was no longer the main character. Mm-hmm. And it got really weird for mm-hmm. me then. Yeah, like after the House of Dreams, like she mm-hmm. relegates to the background and you just kind of see her like coming in and she's mm-hmm. and like it's also like she doesn't seem like her Anne character anymore. Like yeah. she's just more remote, like I've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just this whiz who also gets yeah. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Have you did you read the Blythes are quoted? No. I'll lend this to you. What the, is that? It was a book that was published, I want to say like five or six years ago, hmm. um, and it was it's basically like short stories. Okay, that are some of them are connected to Anne's family, some of them are not, um, but they take place in that sort of like town, that area of PEI where her she lived with her family as an adult. Um, so a lot of them reference the Blythes. Oh, okay. And then in between the short stories are little dialogues that she wrote or poems. And so the dialogues are between like Anne and Gilbert or Anne and her children. Oh, okay. And it's really, really interesting. It's a lot darker. Oh. And there is a real sense of the people in the community and what their 
um, perspective of mm-hmm. Anne is, and it is not that great. In what respect? Like they think that she's like uppity and oh. kind of like standoffish, and they don't really understand her. It is really, really interesting. Well, that's weird because, I mean, Anne is always kind of floated as like a other who's not been understood, but people generally love, love her. her. Exactly. So why yeah. don't they love her anymore? But I honestly, in those books, feel that standoffish because mm-hmm. I'm like, where did Anne go? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I miss that. Yeah. Because I don't, I do like Anne's House of Dreams. Mm-hmm. As I like that that portrait of their marriage, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but then, then it just kind of reverts back to stories about children. Yeah, yeah. and and it it's a little problematic in that like Anne has children and therefore like is no longer like worthy of a narrative for herself mm-hmm. or even like being like the focal point as the mother. She just right. exists in the back for yeah. yeah. So I like Emily more because it's shorter, it's more concise. Mm-hmm. The story doesn't go for like decades and then introduce someone mm. not decades, but yeah. you know, yeah. I like Emily more for that. Yeah, I really the reason why I really love the Emily trilogy is a couple. One, I love that it has that sort of like almost like supernatural element to it, mm, where right, she yeah. has that like mm-hmm. second sight kind of ability, mm-hmm. um, which is not found in any of her other work. I kind of love no. that. Um, and I also love that it's not the traditional trajectory of like happily ever after. Like the final book, Emily's Quest, there's like years that go by where Emily's just kind of like depressed and like mm. not sure she made the right choices and like everything seems to have passed her by. And like, I really like that, that portrayal. Like I just, it's not sort of all neat and tidy. Mm. Um, it does all come right in the end, but, um, I just really love that there's that whole sort of interlude of kind of like thoughtfulness and like kind of this is, this is the way life could go. Yeah. 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 I know. I liked the Emily. I also found that I just like, I loved New Moon, as mm-hmm. I've said already. Um, but I found that I, I could really visualize, like, you know, New Moon, the town, like, the surroundings, like, when they traverse the fields. Like, mm-hmm. I really got a sense of, like, the geography mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. that story location. Yeah. And I really felt, like, transported into it. Mm. And even when they she goes and she's staying with... Uh, who's she staying with when she's in town? Her aunt. And like, she, but she like is still staring, and she makes up that whole story about mm-hmm. the backyard and like mm-hmm. the forest she can see behind. Like, ah, yeah. yeah. Atmospheric specificity. <laughs> I love it. All right, All right. Favorite book. Favorite book. Hold on, I had to. Favorite book. This is harder. How to pick one book? Oh, it's not hard. Is it the Blue Castle? It's the Blue Castle for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me too, but I I feel a little more mm, reserved saying it just because I haven't read all of Lucy Montgomery's. Oh, okay. But of what I have read, um, I mean, if you're only going to read one. Yeah. The yeah. Blue Castle is the one, but I feel torn because of my deep, deep love for Jane of Lantern Hill. Oh, and I have not read Jane of Lantern Hill. And my deep, deep love of Jane of Lantern Hill stems from being a child. Mm. Um, spoilers. (laughs) I won't say it. Okay. But Jane accomplishes something in that book that I desperately wanted to accomplish as a child. 
And for that reason, I think it held this like wish fulfillment thing for me. Um, and it's full of quirky characters and gorgeous settings mm -hmm. and the escape from the dinginess of Toronto to the like wonders of PEI. It's just a whole, yeah, it's a whole other world. Right. And so I really, I would be torn between the Blue Castle and Jane of Lantern Hill for my right. favorite book. Cool. Mm -hmm. I would okay. say either the Blue Castle or one of the Emily books. I do mm. quite like the first Emily book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The first Emily book is really good. Mm -hmm. I always... Also just Anna Green Gables, though. Mm. Damn. I just sob when Matthew dies. Oh, my God. It's brutal. A sobby, 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 sobby situation. It is. Yeah. And also, I have to say, well, we're just picking one-off books, and I've already picked two, but Rilla of Ingleside... Oh. You really like as a piece of like social history because it's mm -hmm. all about World War One and really coming of age during World War One, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I think it's got some really fascinating details about because obviously she, Lucy Bob Montgomery lived through that time and mm -hmm. and all those experiences would have been her experiences, mm -hmm. and you get a lot of insight into what it was like for the women at home mm -hmm. in Canada when their, you know, husbands, sons, brothers, yeah, were off. Um, volunteering because there was no draft in Canada. No. They all volunteered. There was just the community expectation. It's yeah. even interesting how it starts to like filter in mm -hmm. and people are talking about it more and more mm -hmm. and that expectation of the community. And yeah, there was lots of things that were really interesting in that. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's a really good one. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Last question. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is the worst character in any Ellen Montgomery book? Well, my mind immediately went to one person, mm -hmm. and then I looked at you, and I was like, mm, mm, mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, he is the worst. You had told me before I read, because I read yeah. Emily, um, oh, it was before, because I went to PEI for my honeymoon, mm -hmm. and so I read, I read all of the Anne books, because I don't think that I had read them all, mm -hmm. and I read all of the Emily books, mm -hmm. and then I was Lucy modded out, <laughs> um, but you had told me that there was a terrible character, Emily mm -hmm. of New Moon. And you were not, in, or in the Emily books. And yeah. you were not wrong. Dean Priest Dean is Priest. the worst. He's like, I think he's the only character in any of her books that I don't think has a redeeming quality. Yeah, it's interesting to know how Lucy Maud Montgomery came up with him. So just a refresher for those who haven't, maybe not, don't remember who he is. He's a pedophile. Oh. <laughs> and a manipulative liar. So in the Emily books, <laughs> <laughs> so in the Emily books, uh, Emily falls off a cliff and she's like hanging there, like mm -hmm. holding on for dear life. And a man, a man, and she's eleven, mm -hmm. a man, man, <laughs> fully grown man, a fully grown man saves her. Yeah, um, and is immediately creepy. Yes, creeps on her. He's like, oh, I saved your life. It's mine now. Yeah, and but she forges a friendship with this man. Yep. Yeah, and she's yeah. never, like, she's living in this small town. She has these aspirations to be a writer, and I don't think she's ever really encountered anyone like him who ha is widely read and widely traveled, and, yep. like, she's fascinated by his experiences and his perspectives, but he's evil. Yeah, well, he just always is this, like, oh, you know, owe me your life kind of situation, and mm -hmm. eventually she does end up Getting engaged to him? Yeah. It's really gross. Like, he basically manipulates her. Mm. Oh, right, because he tells her that something that she wrote that's really good is really bad. Mm -hmm. um, and so she 
ends up burning it. Yeah, and, and is like, I'm not going to be a writer anymore. Yeah, and then in her despondency, and then she also is ill for a long time because she like falls fuck with the yeah, scissors with the scissors she stabs herself accidentally in the foot with scissors falls down the stairs fuck. anyway she's unwell for quite a long time and then she agrees to marry him and then she's just like despondent she's just like oh, i'm doing this thing and it's it's horrifying because you know because it's it tells you pretty explicitly that he has literally been waiting mm-hmm. since she was 11 to for grow up. To grow up so he could marry her. Yeah, it's gross. It's so gross. And he also, like, he lies to her because he knows that if she knows that she's a good writer, then she will no longer, mm-hmm. the waiting will not have been mm-hmm. fruitful. Yeah. Um, so he's devious. Um, but yeah, he's not a great person. And it's very interesting to think where Lucy Maud Montgomery would have come up with such a mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I think definitely... I mean, it's creepy for the 11, but it's still like a concept today. It's grooming. Yeah. Like men grooming young women that they've like identified will grow up to be wife material. Mm. Grooming. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's like like literally one of the only sound effects we've used. Anyways. So yeah. Dean Braced. A boo. Boo to Dean Priest. He's the worst character, hands down. And I have a, a another question to throw oh. in here. Unprecedented. Um, Ready. Which character, male or female, oh. is the most like the real life Brad Pitt? I'm not sure why I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> the real life Brad Pitt. Well, I don't know what Brad you know in of him. Life. What you assume oh. him to be like. Oh, this is going to sound bad. All right, stay it. Barney Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just give my reasons? Defend yourself. Okay. Barney's secretly really rich. Brad Pitt, this is not a secret. No, but Brad could go incognito okay. and then go, well, no, but like go, well, few years uh <laughs> go and live on an island and be all like in muskoka I'm is d- this now your dream <laughs> <laughs> not in muskoka anywhere <laughs> and just be like oh i'm just gonna like travel through the woods and be obnoxious and like drive my car around and like no care what no one thinks except that like people aren't gonna be like look at that villain i bet he murdered people People are gonna be like holy shit there's shush <laughs> 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 That's <coughs> well, unfortunately, it falls down when you like, yeah, like he's just mm-hmm. so identifiable. And Brad totally would be like hero styles, like Barty, and show up at a party just to like punch someone and grab a girl and vault out a, vault window. Out a window into his like giant big car that he forgot to fuel up. <laughs> <laughs> Except that for Brad, it would be a motorcycle. Okay, okay. Well, I will, yeah, but Brad also slightly problematic. As is Barney. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) All right. This was a long mini-sode. This was a really long mini-sode. And I'm not really sure what it was about anymore. No. All right. Okay. On that note, let's uh, sign off and say this was our final mini-sode. Thank you for listening to us rambling on. Yay. Uh, For the Castle series? Yeah, for the Castle series. (laughs) Hold on. I hit two at once. That was amazing. Because you were like, record scratch and start Castles. (laughs) I'm going to do that again. So coming up in due time, very soon, we will be launching season two. And look for our intro-sode. Intro-sode. <laughs> yeah, look for our season two intro-sode, where we will tell you what it's all about. Yeah. All right. Yeah.